Sub Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode with my good friend Bitcointina. We've been waiting to record this episode for quite some time. We've been planning this for months, waiting for the new all-time high above 20,000 where we're confident it's going to stay there for at least a little bit. So today's the day. Happy all-time high day, freaks. We've got a warning for you in this one, a warning for many people, for the small stacker out there, for the large stacker out there, for the gold bugs out there. And for anybody else who's not paying attention to Bitcoin, I think you guys are going to like it. It was brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App. Cash App's help you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, and sell sets if you so please. We're saying sets. Sats. 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 You can stack whole sets. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a fraction of Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats. It's better for the mind. You can make sats a standard within the app. What is a sat? Some of you free, new freaks may be asking. Uh, one Bitcoin's broken down into 100 million units known as Satoshis or sats. So one Bitcoin equals 100 million sats. You stack sats. When you get to 100 million sats, you have one Bitcoin. Guess what? They just initiated a boost. I teased it on Twitter. If you're paying attention, you can now stack sats while you spend with your boost card there's a bitcoin boost that gives you sats back up to five percent uh over at about 150 dollars i believe isn't really just the, the the point i'm trying to make is that the cash app now has a sats back stack option available as you shop with the boost card incredible uh huge day for the corn happy for everybody we all made it happy for cash app cash app's been allowing us to stack sats throughout this bear market we're finally back at an all-time high and they've been there for you throughout this market to stack sats and they're just adding ways for you to stack sats so if you haven't done so already make sure you go download the app so you can stack sats 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 with the cash app what you do you make sure you use the code stacking sats S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Woo! 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 Enjoy this episode and heed the advice. We're going to learn them. We're going to learn them, freaks. Tiki! You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Tino, we made it. How's it feel? We didn't make anything yet, Marty. Are we at a million dollars? I don't think so. It hasn't pumped that hard yet. Okay, so 20000 is like chump change. Pump those numbers up. $20,610 right now, according to Clark Means nothing. Medes. Absolutely nothing. Now, I'm not saying we're going to hit that in the cycle, million dollars. I, I didn't, I'm not saying that. But 20000 is like, okay, it's just starting. You know, it's like, okay, they're finally... The, the players are finally on the field 
first pitch hasn't been pitched yet. This is the beginning. It's like, there's nothing to get excited about here. This is like the game. You know, they're still selling, they're selling beer and hot dogs and pretzels in the stand. And, you know, <laughs> people are at the tailgate. Yeah, still, they're still getting, the game, game's not even interesting yet. The game, game's barely begun. Well, that's why we wanted to sit down and record this episode when we reach this point. We've been planning this for months now, and we were just waiting on the price of Bitcoin to, to hit a certain point, $20,000 threshold, because you believe that too many people are going to sell too early. So let's try really to put, do? Let's try uh, to put okay. everything into context. Why do you believe that? Well, hold on. So I think that I, I've talked to a lot of people, and I am really on an outlier here. <clears throat> on my views on how this how this market works. Um, hold on. I'm just clearing my throat here. OGs have been around for a while are convinced that Bitcoin trades the way it has always traded. I have a different perception. Ironically, I was discussing this uh, on Swan with uh, Max yesterday. He kind of agrees with me. I don't know the exact details, but conceptually. Um, you have a different type of buyer coming in between in this decade versus the last 10 years. Last 10 years, and, 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 and you also have a major psychological shift happening in Bitcoin, not just the buyers changing, but the psychological shift that's taking place. <clears throat> Bitcoin was thought of as an illegitimate asset. Tulips, Ponzi, drugs, all sorts of stuff with very derogatory things. People didn't really get what this thing is. And I think it's going to shift to basically a must-own asset, uh, which is going to end up representing a big holding in, in everybody's portfolio. So that's a huge psychological shift. So... A lot of people who bought Bitcoin in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2015, when they bought Bitcoin, many younger guys, how old were you when you bought your first Bitcoin? It's a personal question, but I believe I was 21. Okay. Not too many 21-year-olds have all that much money. So they put in what they can. You probably didn't have a million dollars at the age of 21, did you? No. So you didn't uh, you know, buy like $100,000 worth of Bitcoin at, at 21. And yeah. that was 10% of your money. You bought $100,000 worth and then you invested the other $900,000 worth in the S&P or the NASDAQ or whatever. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I was 22, but small difference. Same thing. And possibly younger and possibly a little older. But the, the buyer for a long time was that demographic. Maybe the guy was 25, maybe he bought Bitcoin with credit cards, took on some debt. But for the most part, you're not talking about older, deeper pocketed buyers. If you bought a bunch of Bitcoin, you had 10, 20,000 bucks, you might've owned a lot of it in the early days. <clears throat> probably sold a bunch of it, probably didn't carry as much as you probably would have liked to have at this point, went up a lot, 
sold some, so it go up and down a lot. Might have sold a lot of it, and it made sense to. Who are the buyers coming in now? This decade, you're going to have a lot of different kinds of buyers. You got people aged 35 or 40 to 70, people who are used to investing. They trade a lot. Maybe they're worth a million dollars. Maybe they're worth $5 million, 10, 20, 50, 100. Maybe some that are worth a billion dollars. Guy who's worth $20 million puts in 1% into Bitcoin. That's $200,000. $200,000 sounds like a lot of money. It's not a lot of money to a guy who's got $20 million. <clears throat> if you put $200,000 into Bitcoin and it goes up 50x, when do you have to sell? Are you saying, like, you don't have to sell? You got twenty million dollars. You know, right? you made a lot of money in your Bitcoin. You never have to sell because it's not. You know, it may become a big part of your portfolio, but it's still. I think the numbers that that's still only half your portfolio, right? Fifty x times two hundred thousand would be ten million dollars. Maybe you sell a little bit, peel some off. But if you had ten thousand dollars and you put it in, it's up fifty x. It's all you got. You kind of have to sell, and you kind of have to probably sell more. <clears throat> You're going to have guys like that putting in 1%, 2%, 5%, 10%. You're going to have funds putting money in. Same thing, a few percent, more, 10%. It's a lot for a fund, but you're talking about a lot of money. Big fund put in. 700 and I forget the roofer fund, I think. I'm, I'm not sure that if I got the name right. <clears throat> $744 million worth of uh, investment. It might have been both Bitcoin and Ethereum. I don't know the breakdown. Hold on. There's roughers, right? $730 million. Ruffer. Of- and, and that's 2.5% of their assets. <laughs> up 10x, up 20x. Maybe they peel a little bit off. Down 30 or 40%. Realize this thing's real. They say, hmm, maybe we should get bigger in this. They add to their position. They take it up however many percent. <clears throat> That's what I think you're going to see happening. You're going to see people adding to their position. They might peel a little bit off at some price that they think is high. See it come in, add to the position. Here, imagine the following scenario, Marty. You're 50 years old. You're with 10 million bucks. You go to your golf club. You play golf a couple of times a week, usually the weekends. You put 1% of your money into Bitcoin, 100 grand. Goes up 20 times. It's 2 million bucks. What are your friends at the golf club saying to you? Patting you on the back, worshiping you. You're, you're to- strutting. You're, you you got a big you got a, you, you you got a big swinging dick strut, right? Yeah. I mean, you you know you 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 worked. Didn't you work at a seat? What, what, what were you at? Uh, what kind of firm did you work at? Commodities. Well, we were a managed futures fund that indexed commodities trading advisors. Right. So traders are going to walk. Yeah, you know, they're going to they're going to feel pretty good about themselves, and the friends are going to be pretty freaking jealous, right? Yeah. Right? They're going to be jealous. And so jealous or envious? In. Huh? Jealous or envious? Is same that thing. the same thing? Same thing. 
it, it's going to come in some. <clears throat> and now, instead of it being perceived as this crazy, freakish asset, it's like Fidelity is selling it and Mass Mutual is buying it. And, and all these all these people own it and it's talked about on TV. And instead of it being made fun of, it's like Bitcoin, you gotta own some of this stuff. And everybody's saying that. What are you gonna do? You're gonna buy some. And so I don't think, look, I mean, if, if, if the stock market crashes and it goes down 70% and uh, the economy is a freaking disaster, well, then I'm wrong in what I'm saying. But assuming that doesn't happen, people are going to want to buy this thing. People with money are going to want to buy it. And they're going to want to buy it because the asset has become legitimate. And so they will. More so than legitimate, it may become a must-own asset, which is what I believe. It will be considered a must-own asset. And <clears throat> that if you don't own Bitcoin, it's like, what the hell is wrong with you that you don't own Bitcoin? That's a big shift. When you bought your first Bitcoin, it was more like your parents saying, what the hell is wrong with you, Marty? Why are you buying Bitcoin? Right? Well, it's crazy how quickly this mental shift from uh, the mainstream, from your typical macro investor has happened this year specifically, it seems. Like it's just, it's funny how the, the madness of crowd works, particularly at that level where like you just mentioned, all these Paul Tudor Jones, um, Chamath Patapatia, who's been in for years, like walking around, like, look at, look at my returns. And everybody's just like, oh, all right, I got to get in. I was talking about that a few years ago. I said, it's going to happen. This is actually, this is actually funny. I just noticed uh, a tweet from Bloomberg, One River, it's a huge fund. They're getting into Bitcoin. I'm pretty sure I was due diligencing, due diligence, diligencing them back when I worked at the fund that we were describing earlier. Um, and this is, yeah, so this is Ruffer's subsidiary. They want to own $1 billion worth of Bitcoin by the end of next year. Right. So it becomes legitimate. So the parents of the kids who bought Bitcoin who said to their kids when they were 21 and 22, why are you putting your money into this thing? Are now going to be buying it because I can't own this thing. I mean, Marty, I gotta buy some of it. I don't own any Marty. That's what your parents will tell you, Marty, how do I buy this thing? That's a huge shift. It's a big psychological shift. So you're going to have wave after wave of money coming in and it's going to start off smaller guys who are more aggressive, hedge fund types, and it's going to grow, and it's going to grow, and it's going to grow, and it's going to go <clears throat> in each successive class of investor, and everybody's going to want to get a taste and own some, and it's going to go up, and they're going to say, oh, crap, we don't own enough. It's, we're not big enough in this thing. As it becomes more legitimate, Mass Mutual is going to have to add to their position. They have $285 billion in assets. We bought $100 million. It's nothing. They're going to add. And so are the other... Uh, hold on. Richard's clearing his throat right now. 
waiting, waiting. Oh fuck! I'm sorry. Is is it is a lot? It's hot. Okay. Where, where where did I drop? I'm sorry. I thought I was I thought I was back on, and I might might not have been. Where, where were, did I leave it? You said one sec, and you went to go clear your throat. We're talking oh. about the type of money coming in. What a shitty mic I have. Um. So you're gonna see funds like Mass Mutual, other insurance companies, state pension funds, um, mutual fund companies, sovereign debt funds, you know, sovereign funds, um, corporations. You're going to see all kinds of new buyers come in. And you're just going to see wave after wave. And people start off with a small amount. It'll go up a lot. It'll come in some. It's a shit. We have to own more. And I think I have a whole decade of this. And so I, I don't, I think it's going to trade very differently than the way it did from 2010, 2011 to 2020, because it's thought of differently. And it's thought of differently by a lot of people who have or run a lot of money. That's how things change. And that's how the market's going to change because you have a different kind of investor in and they're seeing it differently. And it was seen previously as something crazy. And it's not going to be seen that way. It's going to be seen as something that you have to own. Now, maybe you're not gonna be, a guy's gonna have 100% of his money in it, but you put 5%, 10%, there's a lot of buying power out there at five and 10% of buying. And that puts this thing up to insane prices because it's a fixed supply. And when they buy it, it's just gonna go to crazy levels. Now. If Bitcoin were to go to a million dollars and go to a million dollars too fast, then what I'm saying is wrong. I think we go this cycle to $400,000, maybe a little higher if it happens in year three. So I think this year, my guess, <clears throat> maybe we go up three to five X. Let's assume we finish here at 30 K, go up three to five X. So, you end the year between ninety and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now I don't know if we end the year at thirty k, so just adjust accordingly. Come in some, maybe down twenty thirty percent. People start buying in twenty twenty two up another three to five. Twenty twenty three up another three to five. Now, I don't think you really correct all that much there. Maybe you correct thirty percent. You go into twenty twenty four. People say, oh, the halving is coming. <laughs> we know what happens here. We saw it happen. All those people who said. Plan B was an idiot for stock to flow. Say, holy fucking shit. This guy might be right. And we got to buy this thing. So as they understand what this thing is, they start to front run it. And I think that's what you're going to see this decade. We saw a shift in stocks. 80s, very swashbuckling. The 90s was different. And in the 90s, a lot of retail came in buying in, with mutual funds. You had a massive bull run from, nine, from November 94 to 2000. I think we see something similar, except I think it's a decade long, and I think it's much bigger. And I think Bitcoin's going to be huge. And I think Bitcoin's the only thing you need to own. I think everything else is garbage in the space. I wouldn't own anything. You don't want to diversify. You don't want to be in Ethereum. Ethereum has no raison debt. It has no reason to exist. This whole idea of got to diversify is, is, is insane. It's wrong. Money wants to go to one. 
there's no other use case right now. <clears throat> so you got a lot of people who are going to go do the wrong thing because they're going to come with their Wall Street mentality and they're going to buy a lot of crap. But that's a mistake and you don't want to do that. So it seems like we're at a paradigm shift in the market sentiment towards Bitcoin in 2020. And not yet, not even talking about diversifying between Bitcoin and all coins. But at what point do you have like FOMO where 5% allocation to Bitcoin specifically and some of these big funds isn't enough? Uh, like when do you see more Michael Saylors uh, like looking at their cash balance and saying, hey, we need to convert this to Bitcoin because the Fed's just going to keep printing. That's obvious. That's coming. Uh, MMT is going to come, it seems, especially if we get a Biden administration. Uh, like, at what point, like, I don't want to say the word because people hate the word, but does hyper-Bitcoinization happen at some point? I like what CK Snark says. This is hyper-Bitcoinization. The whole process from the beginning is hyper-Bitcoinization. I don't know about when people start to really up their allocation size. That might not be till 2025, 2027. But by then, you're going to be talking about one or two million dollar Bitcoin. It'll be, it'll be 20 to 40 trillion dollar Bitcoin in market cap. So I'm not worried about that. I don't, I don't think about that. That's too far away in price. And it's not necessary. I just know it's going to happen. Because that's what you're watching happen as an asset becomes legitimate. And that's an enormous shift. So what does this mean for the dollar in the meantime or the, the I, other? I, I'm not, I, I don't like the talk about the speculative attack. I don't agree with the idea. I think it's flawed. Why, not? Why do you think the idea is flawed? I like the idea of a speculative attack. Because I think be we're it. a long way from that. I think we're very far from that. Let me know when. Let me know when you have when you see people borrowing trillions and trillions of dollars to buy Bitcoin. I mean, then you can talk about a speculative attack. Right now, it's too soon. I mean, there's no just, evidence. There's no evidence that that's happening. I'm not saying it won't happen. I just don't see it happening now. I'm not saying it will never happen. I. I think people conflate two ideas, which is a mistake. There is the dollar in terms of its buying power which we usually call inflation. And there's the dollar in terms of its currency, which is, which is the different <coughs> exchange rates between economies. And both can be occurring simultaneously or you know, un under their own schedule. I think that <coughs> you'll see a lot of allocation into Bitcoin from people's wealth and from funds holdings. And you don't need a speculative attack because so much money is coming in that's gonna push the price up so much. You don't have to do what Michael Saylor is doing. He just understands what this is and he wants to buy more. And that's a totally reasonable position in my opinion, but it's not necessary because you're gonna have billions and billions and billions of dollars coming in. So that's gonna push the price up a whole hell of a lot. Maybe you'll see more of that come three, four, five years from now. But I don't, you know, I think I might have even said this to you. If I'm driving from New York to California, 
while I'm driving through Kansas, I don't have to worry about where I'm parking in Los Angeles. <laughs> I've never heard that. I don't think you have said that to me. I like that. <laughs> I've said it to somebody. You know, I, I, I can worry about what's in front of me. And, and, and I'm looking far enough down the road that that's enough. And right now, I think we're going to see this thing go up a lot. And my biggest fear for Bitcoiners is that <coughs> you own this thing probably at pretty damn good prices. And you're going to sell way too much way too soon because you think like I had an argument with a guy today, an old time OG. And he thinks he knows what it's going to do. It's going to do the same thing it always did. He could be right. My caveat will be, so I want people to remember this, my caveat. If we go up a million dollars in 2021, <laughs> okay. We're going to come down a lot and you're going to have to sell some because it's going to come down a lot. I mean, unless that's really hyper Bitcoinization and we go to $10 million um, the next year, which is possible, but unlikely. If we're up at $100,000, $200,000, it's like, nah, it's fine. It's not a big deal. $100,000 Bitcoin <clears throat> is $2 trillion. That's Apple computer. I mean, it's nice, but it's no big deal. It's not where not we're really. going. Huh? It's not where we're going. We're going beyond right. that. Right. So the Wilshire 5000 <coughs> is 38585 which means $38 trillion, $38.5 trillion. Is that big enough? What's up? I think you got to pump your numbers a little bit. Only $38 trillion. That's, that's, so the, that's, that's, that's the U.S. stock market. $38.5 trillion. So Bitcoin can go up a lot, and it will go up a lot. Gold is $10 trillion. Bitcoin will be a minimum 2 to 10x gold this decade. That's anywhere from about a million dollar Bitcoin to $5 million Bitcoin. To the 10x gold opinion. where it is right now or where it is after? In today's, in today's buying power. In today's yeah. buying power. Well, how much how much value gets sucked out of the gold markets? Do you think? You don't want to own gold. You really don't want to own gold. Gold is going to brutalize gold holders. People who own gold are going to lose everything. It's going to be devastatingly bad. Tina, it has a five thousand year history. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's going to be devastated. <clears throat> it's already worse than I thought it would be because you have one, one fund that dumped their gold to, to buy Bitcoin. There's going to be a lot more of this. I thought you would just have a loss of interest and natural selling. But if you start to have more and more players who are long gold sell it to buy Bitcoin, this is going to be very painful for gold. Gold loses all monetary value in less than 10 to 15 years. That means gold gets priced by the pound, which means you're talking in today's dollars, 100 to $200 a pound for gold. Gold essentially becomes worthless. It'll be a nice paperweight for your desk. It'll be really pretty, but it'll be worthless. You don't want to own it. Silver, the same thing. Silver at least has some industrial value. <clears throat> industrial value for gold is not that much. 
it will be a freaking disaster. And here's how markets work. And don't let anybody tell you differently. Parker Lewis has a blog which is entitled Gradually Then Suddenly. <coughs> and that is how markets work. Because people hold on to their view, they hold on to their view, they hold on to their view. The ground erodes from under them and then whoosh and collapse. I'm not saying collapse happens in a day or a week, but the collapse could happen in a year or two. If you had, if you're worth $5 million and you have $2 million in gold and you watch it collapse from $2 million to 100000 in two years, trust me, you think that was a collapse or maybe worse. Yeah. I worry for all the gold bugs out there that, that are near and dear to my heart. Shout out Dave Collum if you're listening. They have to own some Bitcoin. They must own Bitcoin. They need to diversify into some Bitcoin at a minimum. But a lot of these gold bugs think that gold and Bitcoin are going to succeed together and appreciate together. What would you say to them? Like, why is Bitcoin going to suck the energy out of the gold market? Gold and Bitcoin are friends exactly the way Netflix and Blockbuster were friends. It's put very succinctly. Gold and Bitcoin are friends exactly the way I, I switched that around. It, it should have been actually the way Blockbuster and Netflix were friends. Gold and Bitcoin are friends exactly like Kodak and digital pictures were friends. It's not going to be good for gold. Just isn't. Gold, gold guys always tell me I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But you know what? I know what the hell I'm talking about. And I'm telling you, you can listen to me. People say, oh, you're so rough and you're so brutal. You think I'm brutal? Wait till the markets take care of you. You'll see what brutal really is. Right. I'm a pussycat. <laughs> it's a warning. Just buy a little bit of Bitcoin. It'll save your ass. Uh, yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to see a lot of these gold bugs get completely blown out. Because right? their underlying thesis is correct at the end of the day. We need a sound. It doesn't body. matter. They're in the wrong thing. They're in the wrong thing. I'm doing them a favor by telling them this. I'm doing them a great big motherfucking favor. I have a guy I know today. He's selling his gold to buy Bitcoin. He went to sell a million dollars worth of gold. He's going to buy Bitcoin with it. He's done. Like, sold to you. <laughs> Palms out. Boom. Sold to you. <clears throat> and that's... I didn't expect that. I really didn't. I'll be honest with you. I, I've, I've discussed this. I've discussed this, I think, with you on your pod. I've discussed it with other people. I have said that gold buyers just say to themselves, I don't need to own more of this. If we get gold buyers starting to sell it, sell gold to buy Bitcoin, gold will be brutalized financially. The price will collapse. I mean, really collapse and it'll collapse fast. Instead of 10 to 15 years, the price could collapse in five years. Not a prediction. I'm just saying what could happen. Price could collapse really fast, really badly, causing tremendous pain for those people who hold it. This is just how markets are. And I don't care how old it is, it doesn't matter. It's just what is. 
argue with me. I don't care. That's just what I think. You don't have to agree with me. It's not my problem. It's your problem. So, hey, do what you want. You're a big boy, big girl. Do what you want. But I'm telling you, I think I understand this better than you. Much better than you. And you can do whatever the hell you want. You know, there are guys out there, they think they're smart. Good for you. Good for you because you think you're smart. But you're not nearly as smart as you think you are. Because you're missing a great big shift. And we've seen these things happen. And they always say, oh, no, no, Netflix, that was different. Oh, no, 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 uh, Kodak and pictures, that was different. Horses and cars, oh, that was different. It's not freaking different. It's the same kind of thing. So, hey, I don't care. I mean, I, I really don't care. It's not my problem. It's your problem. So argue with me all you want. I don't talk to the hand. I'm not interested. But I'm telling you. Own some Bitcoin, because at least you won't be wiped out. Gold holders will get wiped out. Probably longer, probably 10 years, probably not five years, probably 15 years. But things, markets move fast. And opinions change. They hold on, they hold on. And then the opinions change. And when you, you don't want to be the last guy out the door, I can tell you that. Right. The rule of panicking, panic early. How much panicking do you think is going on behind closed doors right now? If you're a gold holder and you're not panicked, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you just, you're just a fucking idiot. You're an well, idiot. E even beyond gold holders, just from a fiduciary. How many fiduciaries right now are like, oh, shit. No, no, no. I, no. I, don't think, I don't think fiduciaries are panicking. I, I'm not. That's it's too early. It's too early. For gold, it's very specific. Gold and Bitcoin are not friends. They are competitors. And there's no room for both of them. I don't care what these guys say. There's no room for both. And I think gold, you know, it doesn't mean tomorrow, for God's sakes. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying next year. I'm just saying this is what I believe happens. Because... Bitcoin is going from being an illegitimate asset to being a legitimate asset. But the scarcity is better in Bitcoin. The qualities of it as a money is better in Bitcoin. The gold guys are going to say things like, oh, well, you know, the government's going to come down. They're going to stomp on your head. They're going to make it illegal. They're going to make it hard. You won't be able to secure it in your own wallet and all this bullshit. And here's what's really going to happen. Bitcoin's going to get really freaking big, and Bitcoin's going to change the world, and it's going to change governments, Let's go. and people can say different if they want to say different, but this is just what's going to happen because it's this big unstoppable thing, and people love to make money, so it doesn't have to be a straight shot there. And maybe the government, maybe Steve Mnuchin, he's you know whatever he is, and uh, maybe he says something, and maybe he does something, but. It'll be a speed bump. It'll be a momentary bit of pain, but Bitcoin will route around it. The social layer of Bitcoin will route around it. It won't be anything more than a speed bump because this is a large social phenomenon. I'm not saying that money is a social construct. Don't, don't, don't confuse anything there. I'm not saying that. 
but it is a social phenomenon. It's, you're dealing with human beings and people. I mean, look, can you buy drugs if you want to buy drugs? Can, yes. you, can, you, can you go find drugs illegally, you know, pot where it's illegal, other things, lewds, whatever. Can, can you find these things? Yeah, I don't think you can find lewds anymore, but you can definitely find pot and other stuff. Uh, you can find anything you want. I don't, maybe they don't make lewds. I don't do lewds. But that's not my point. The point is there's plenty of stuff you can find if you want to find it. Right? I agree. So, so this, this ties into a conversation I had earlier today. Like, are we... I know we have to have, be adversarial thinkers here and prepare for the worst, but are the incentives of Bitcoin such that these actors at the state level just go along with it because the incentives are so strong? No, the state level, the state actors are not necessarily our friends. And they're going to try to regulate it. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that they're going to try. I think they will try to regulate it. But I think that, I think that Bitcoin will find ways to route around it it doesn't mean that the state won't try to do something they may we should expect it i mean crazy not to expect something we know the fatf wants to do the stuff they want to do I mean, we know this this is not news to us our heads aren't planted in the ground like ostriches we're not dumb we get the stuff but it's still america last i looked hope there's still a constitution. I hope there's still laws. I mean, why, why should I have to report my Bitcoin? If I go buy some a building, if I go buy a house, if I go buy some land, do I have to go report that? No, I don't have to go report that. Why should I have to report my Bitcoin? If I go buy a work of art, do I have to report that? I just have to pay my taxes. When I sell it, I got to pay my taxes. I'm responsible for that. Why should I have to report my Bitcoin? That's absurd. Now, could they institute that rule? Sure they could. Will it matter? Not really. Um, I think people over-worry stuff. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be concerned. I'm just saying don't over-worry it. And, and I, think, I think Bitcoin is global. It gets routed around. And yeah, there could be speed bumps. Yeah, but... And You've actually this year have convinced me that we do need to play the political game a bit more, get people in power like Cynthia Lummis. Oh, I'm 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 a huge believer in that. I'm like Mark Davidson. I'm a huge. People told me politics doesn't scale. They're not wrong. But Bitcoin at a hundred thousand, at five hundred thousand, at a million, if you've got <clears throat> ten, twenty, fifty, hundred Bitcoin more, you wanna get involved in political action committees, Bitcoiners need to join together, find people who work on this more professionally, contribute in that direction, contribute to politicians, find people who will voice our concerns and views and beliefs in the Senate, in the House, in state legislatures, in state Senates, voice, the, it, voice it to the, presidential candidates. But. At the industry level. The energy, Absolutely everywhere, energy. everywhere. No, no, but but we can't just rely on other people to do our heavy lifting. I mean, if you own Bitcoin, if, if you own ten Bitcoin and it's worth half a million dollars, you're worth five million dollars. You can afford to give away the equivalent, you know, five thousand dollars to uh, to help your Bitcoin. And 
I mean, that's not a crazy amount of Bitcoin. It's a nice amount of Bitcoin. It's not a crazy amount of Bitcoin. Um, at a million dollars, it's $10 million in buying power worth of Bitcoin. You can afford to spend a little bit of money helping promote favorable regulation legislation that is helpful to Bitcoin because it'll help your investment. This is what corporations do for their businesses. We need to do this and ought to do this for Bitcoin. It's going to become a very big asset. We're going to have a lot of wealth at our disposal to do this. And um, it's in our interest to do that. You know what? Maybe the, the product of playing the game, too, is is a smaller government that doesn't mess with us because we're paying to deregulate and disarm the ability of the government to mess around with our Bitcoin. It's a process. It's not, you know... Rome wasn't built in a day. Everything is a process. Nothing is instantaneous. But if we open-minded to the idea, this is how it works. This is how the game is played. And um, you know, he who pays the piper calls the tune. <laughs> and and we're not asking. You know, wouldn't be asking for things that are crazy or unreasonable. Uh, and more and more people are going to own Bitcoin. It will not just be beneficial for Bitcoiners. There will become more and more Bitcoiners as the price goes up. You could have 10 million, 50 million, 100 million people in the United States that own Bitcoin, that benefit from this. It's not, you know, the more people that have it, the more people that own it, the more people who are going to want these things to happen. You become an important voting group. So... It's, it's, it's helpful to help things along. I mean, who doesn't want their investment to go up 50 and 100 and 250 X? Realistically, it's worth a couple of bucks for that. Don't you think? I do. It's a return on investment that's worth it, right? Yeah, it's reasonable. It's not a crazy thing. And we should be entitled to it as Americans. And besides that, the current system is a freaking dumpster fire. This is a much fairer thing. Bitcoin is much fairer than the existing system. Um, it's great when people who don't understand what they own sell what they have. They'll have less of it and other people can buy it at better prices. <clears throat> yeah. You've turned me on this. I've been very anti play the game, but it's not about anti, it, it just it's kind of it just is you know it, it just we we live in a society we live with other people um that is kind of part of i didn't quite finish the sovereign individual but that seems to be a reasonable response to how we get from here to there how things change we become part of the change. We help to bring about that change. It doesn't just happen magically. Right. So in terms of your long-term view of Bitcoin and how it will achieve success, are you impressed with where it is now? Is it right where you expected it to be, behind where you expected it to be? Do you imagine it to happen can quite I have this a, way? Can I have a 30-second break? Yes, sir. Can you pause? Yes, sir. Okay, pause. Forty, forty. 
I didn't pause freaks. I'll just ad lib here. Um, yeah, our good friend Bitcoin Tina. He's back, baby. He seems as jacked up as ever. And we're going to get to this. Actually, the reason why we decided to record this episode so that he can warn you freaks, you smaller guys out there, the common Joe out there who may be listening to this, not to give up your sats. Price is going to go crazy, it seems, from here. It's going to hit crazy, crazy levels. You probably have some levels in your mind where you want to sell. And our good friend Bitcoin Tina is going to explain why you should not sell, why that would be a bad idea. Rebalancing during this transition is not advised. I'm back. All right, good. I didn't pause. Um, it. I, I, uh, yeah, I gathered as much. I, um, I thought we'd be higher than where we are now. I thought we'd get here sooner. That leaves me, you know, when I talk about my view, I don't say that it's definitely going to happen that way. It may not happen that way this cycle. I think it happens over the course of the decade. Maybe it doesn't happen in the next year or two. Maybe it does. Um, it's hard to know exactly. I thought we would be higher than we are now. I thought we could be at forty or fifty thousand dollars come year end. Uh, we still could be actually. Um, year's not over. You know, you could be at thirty thousand pretty easily. I thought we'd be higher. I underestimated how poorly those who hold a lot of Bitcoin understand it. I saw Cobra tweet, you know, oh, thirty thousand dollars is you know that's the top. I think that's asinine. I think there are these OGs who are convinced that they think they know. I think some of these OGs know shit. I'm so disgusted with some of them. Because if they really understood what the hell they owned, and I really think they don't, they wouldn't do some of the stupid crap trading that they do, some of the shorting that they do. I think doing that in the course of this bull market will cause them to lose their position because I think you'll see waves of money coming in that are much, much bigger than their ability to knock prices down and to sell. And they will, you know, they're going to sell into waves of buying because people are going to want to buy an asset which is going up. Um, I think you had a lot of people who were knocked out of their positions in the last, what is that, nine months since March. Um, well, the, the, that, that's what I was saying when you were taking your last break is that the reason that we wanted to do this episode, particularly after we crossed a new all-time high confidently, uh, is to warn the freak out there listening to this, the average Joe that has stacked some sats, has worked hard to stack some sats, uh, to hold on to those sats under severe pressure to sell at certain price points. Let's help people understand what they're holding and why they should hold it for the long term. Believe it or not, and I've always been a bear my whole life, so I've never held on to things a really long time. But there are two different styles of investing, broadly speaking. The philosophy of nobody ever went broke taking a profit. How many times have you heard that? A lot. Okay. Well, that's wrong and it's stupid. <laughs> And you hear it from stockbrokers and you hear it from accountants and they don't know shit. Here's the other side. 
cut your losses and let your winners run. That's actually right. It's really hard to do. Tell you a quick story. I don't know if I told you this story. I tell people this story. I knew a guy. <clears throat> he, this was the early 2000s. His then wife, they're divorced. His then wife owned, had a portfolio that her father left her sometime in the late 50s, early 60s. It was a decent portfolio. He died. I don't know who had control of it. Not a single trade was done from the time he died. Not a trade. However he left it, that's how he left it. When she got it, there were basically two positions. And I don't remember exactly what they were. It was like Merck and Pfizer. There were two drug stocks or a drug stock and something else. Doesn't matter. There was that. And then there was just like detritus. There was just like <laughs> these little dregs of companies you know, that were trading, you know, at these... You know, a penny, a dime, a nickel, 50 cents. They were worth nothing. Just a bunch of these things. What do we learn from that? We learn that one or two things makes up for a lot of mistakes over the long run. Don't sell your freaking winners. That's really hard to do because you don't know what the winner was. You can only guess. But I have a lot of confidence that Bitcoin is one of these winners that you want to hold on to, because I think I understand it. And I think I understand it well. And what does and, holding on, what, what type of opportunities does holding on to this winner provide for the, the small guy out there? I, I, th I think we're talking about this decade, minimum 50x, likely 100 to... 250x let's not focus decade? on price let's focus huh? on let's not focus on price let's focus on life changing well it depends like, how much money you have i mean it, 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 what matters is you know if, if i have only a hundred dollars in it <laughs> it's hard to be pretty life-changing at, at this point i mean even 250x which is a huge return on on a on hundred bucks is twenty five thousand dollars i mean it's great but it's not that much money so you know it depends what you have in it uh, if you have $10,000 in it, yeah, it's pretty substantial. It starts to become, what's, what's, uh, what's 250 times 10,000 for the brain dead amongst us? Let's say I'll use my calculator. 2.5 million. Okay, so that's, you know, that, that's a big increase. Um, a lot of people think they'll do this with other things. I think people underestimate the power of long run compounding, internal compounding, you know, having a holding position, not having to pay taxes on it because you didn't sell it. And, and, you know, if you have, if your position, which started at $10,000 and becomes $100,000 and then grows by 50%, now it's $150,000. You grew the, your $100,000 investment grew that year by 50%. Because you didn't sell it and pay tax on it of anywhere from 20% to 50% knocking your, your, your overall value down. Um, people, I knew a guy a number of years ago who used to try to emphasize to me, and I didn't listen to him, uh, how powerful it was holding on to things for long periods of time. <clears throat> and uh, 
the power of just not paying taxes on things. If you're going to pay a top tax rate, which, which could be pretty high in places like New York and California, New Jersey, Illinois, you usually have a tax rate of uh, 40 to 50, 55%, right? So if you had a 30% federal rate, which is not the top rate, top rate now is like 37%, I think, maybe goes to 39 under Biden, maybe higher. Uh, New York rates, like 9%, 8% New York State, you know, you're talking like 40% to 50%. That's short-term gains. That's a very big drag on your portfolio. So people think they can out-trade long-term secular bull markets. And almost nobody can. Almost nobody can do that. It's incredibly hard to do. Um, people really believe it. They think they can do it with alts. They think they can do it with Bitcoin. And we see this over and over again. And people think I'm stupid for telling you this. But it just is. There are very few people who are able to trade that successfully and... and uh, beat those big drags. So I won't convince them. They're sure they know what they're doing. So they won't listen to me. But those who do, um, being having a, a long-term secular move is very, very powerful. And I think, I think this will be an enormous move over the course of this decade. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't want to, maybe you peel a little bit off to live. There's nothing wrong with that. Or just work, so you don't have to peel some off? Well, it depends on your age. I mean, if you're 35, you should probably be working. It depends how much Bitcoin you have. You know, if you have like $20 million worth of Bitcoin now, and it goes to 50X, then that's a different situation than if you have like $20,000 worth of Bitcoin now. Um, everything's very individualistic, very subjective. You can't just give blanket suggestions to what people ought to do because people are different their positions are different their situations are different not not all advice applies to everybody so you have to take that into account and i think that's a mistake people make you know there's there's no one size fits all it just doesn't so you can't make it like that you have to just, just think about these things um i think we're in a situation where you see quote-unquote money printing money printer go burr <sighs> spending by governments i think we're going to be in the situation for some time here i don't see how we get out of it that's going to be good for bitcoin you think you can out trade it good luck to you um you will be humbled Unfortunately, yes. I mean, a lot of us are. I've been humbled on things. I, I thought we were going to have uh, depression, deflationary depression. I thought that in 2002. I thought that in 2009. That was fucking stupid. Cost me a lot of money. I could have a lot more money. Um, a lot more money. You know, you're talking about 10 or 20x money, maybe more. That's huge difference. I mean, it's a huge freaking difference over these time horizons. Um, 
But I think that notion of the deflationary depression is absurd. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. I think there'll be money printing. But even if we had that with Bitcoin, if you self-custody your Bitcoin, then you know if an institution goes down, you don't lose your Bitcoin, which really matters because then they will print and then you have your Bitcoin and then it goes up a lot. So Bitcoin becomes a really great asset to own under a lot of circumstances. Things are okay, Bitcoin's great to own. Things are kind of really inflationary. Bitcoin's good to own. Things are deflationary. Bitcoin's good to own. Mm, overall, it's kind of a great asset to own. I think it's the least risky, most conservative asset in the world. That's a really radical view. That's right. like... But it's becoming think, consensus. No, it's starting, not. People think starting not. to. People think I'm nuts. I told you this a couple of years ago. People think I'm nuts. Well, you're obviously nuts, but it's the crazy people that change the world are... But I'm not trying to change the world. I'm just trying to tell you what I think. And um, I, I'm not a developer. I'm not building Bitcoin. I'm just, yeah, I'm flapping my gums. That's all I'm doing. I'm not doing anything other than that. Um, well, what will be interesting, I saw you tweeted out before we hopped on here earlier today that you're worried, not worried, but you're warning some of these large institutional buyers getting in that they should custody their Bitcoin to some extent so that they can prove that they own the Bitcoin they think they purchased. Oh, who tweeted that? I didn't tweet that. I think you did. No, I didn't tweet that. You quote tweeted Michael Saylor. No, that's not what I was tweeting. I was tweeting something different to him. That wasn't, I, if that's how it read to you, then, <laughs> then, then typically I don't write very well. Um, no, my point was that censorship resistance does matter because you have to c control your own Bitcoin to be censorship resistant which means you have to self-custody. Um, if you, if I, if I hold my Bitcoin in somebody else's custody, I can't verify my Bitcoin. My running a node doesn't help me at all in verifying my Bitcoin. Verifying my Bitcoin means I'm agreeing to consensus rules. I can't enforce consensus if I don't custody my Bitcoin. Enforcing consensus means there'll be only 21 million Bitcoin. You can't be against the idea of censorship resistance and think it's not important, because if you think that's not important, then you think 21 million is not important. That's my point. That was my argument. So he supposedly said something, and what I'm saying is that censorship resistance is critical because you can only have it if you control your own Bitcoin. And if you don't control your own Bitcoin, you can't verify it, which means you're not verifying and enforcing consensus, which is, he's worried about scarcity. You cannot have scarcity and no censorship resistance. Am I wrong? No, you're Do, correct. Don't I understand this correctly? I believe so. Well... I think that I think I understand it correctly too, and I think what my comment was right. Like if they want to verify, they should be self. -custody. No, no, I'm, I'm not talking about them. I don't care about them. I'm talking about us. Yeah, we have to do it because we are part of. We are the cyber hornets. We are the cyber hornets, and no one could be prouder. No. <laughs> and I haven't been drinking yet. Probably should. Um, no, seriously.
the cyber right. hornets are defending the 21 million, right? How important are the cyber hornets? They're very important all because this. the cyber hornets are defending consensus rules. And what I'm saying is, explain to me how Bitcoin can be censorship resistant if it's in somebody else's custody. Sovereign censorship resistance. It cannot be. I have to be able to send it. Correct? Right. Correct. If it's in somebody else's control, I don't have control anymore. They can say, oh, we're not sending this. So it's not sovereign censorship resistant. Right. And do you think any of these big investors rolling in right now will get that? We're going to teach them. That's what we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to learn them. We're going to learn them good. We're going to okay. learn them exactly what they need to know. We're going to fucking learn them. They're going to bend to our fucking will. They're going to fucking bend to our will. No, seriously. I'm serious. If they don't understand, we're going to teach them. Right. I decided that the other day when I heard what he said. I said, uh-uh. I'm going to teach you because if you, you know, maybe he's trolling. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's a Trojan horse. But you're going to say this. I'm going to fucking correct you. And I don't care because you are missing something. Or you're going to be a Trojan horse. And maybe you are. And if you are, well, I blew your cover. But you can't say that because it is what it is. And we have a right to hold our own Bitcoin. But if the consensus is enforced by running a node, scarcity, twenty only 21 million is a consensus rule. It's just that simple. Yeah, it's powerful. It's what drives this whole thing. So if we do not have control over our own Bitcoin and we do not run a node along with that, we are not enforcing consensus rules. We cannot trust institutions to enforce consensus rules. If Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Coinbase... Uh, who else? Who else don't you like? Um, if, if these if these places decide that they're the only ones running a node, and they say, you know, we could have a little inflation, it's okay. We can make it two percent a year inflation. That's just fine. Works for gold. Works for us. We can't enforce. We can't say, oh, I'm not accepting that Bitcoin. That's not Bitcoin. And they can do that because they are running the nodes, because they are receiving the Bitcoin. So we don't know that that Bitcoin is not according to consensus rules. So a consensus is enforced by people who run nodes who receive Bitcoin to their own wallets and verify it as being according to consensus rules. This is how it works. This is the way. What's that? This is the way. Run your node, freaks. That's it. Participate. So, censorship resistance and, 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 and controlling your own wallet are the same thing. Which means that 21 million and your own wallet is the 
same thing. They cannot be separated from one another. They are not different from one another. They are dependent upon one another. That's it. Right. And they will bend the knee. We will learn them. We will learn them good. We're going to learn them. You and me, Marty, we're going to learn them. <laughs> and hopefully the world becomes a better place in the process. It's good for humanity. There is no alternative. There is no alternative. There you go. What is the alternative? There is none. Because you don't want to think of that alternative. It's a very ugly place. I feel like you're not as excited enough for all-time high. This just seems boring to you. It's nothing, Marty. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. It's, it's just nothing. It's great. It's nothing. It's fun. It's real fun. I'm having fun. I had fun with you. I may go on another show. I have fun there, but okay. It's, uh, I'm ready for, I'm, I'm ready for a 10-year bull market. This is a. I, I, a I, I suffered a lot of pain. I suffered a lot of freaking pain in the last three years. It was brutal. That's what I was just going to say. This is a much different tenor than the first time we met and uh, recorded an episode yeah. in the depths of the bear market. Yeah, no, no. It's the bottom of the bear market. Back then, we were talking about these morons who were talking about Bitcoins going to 1000 bucks, $800, going to sell all my Bitcoin. It's like, no, you shouldn't. Don't sell. Don't sell. People got rid of their Bitcoin. They never got it back. They listened to people. They got blown out. Do your own research. Listen to yourself. Once you do the research, you understand what Bitcoin is, how revolutionary it is. You won't even think about selling. Oh, oh, I, I, I can't remember if I said this, but if I didn't say it, it's worth saying a second time. So it's hard holding in a bear. It's really hard holding in a bear. It's 10 to 100 times harder to hold in a bull. Think your hands are strong now, freaks? No, it's 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 hard because you're making money. Here, here's how you got to think about it. Don't be insulted if there are any women out in the audience. So, the best looking woman you ever saw in your life comes up to you, my wife, whoever it is, and and she tries to entice you, but you have something else you have to do whatever it is you have to be somewhere else just it's it's urgently critical that you have to be there <sighs> let's not talk about that your wife or not your wife but that's what a bull market is you have to not sell this gorgeous woman's going to come up to you perfect she's she's perfect for you She's gonna grab you by the balls. No, she's gonna approach she's gonna you however whatever pushes your buttons the right way, she's gonna push them. Let's try to keep this PG. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna push your buttons. She's gonna and take she's her gonna shoes say, and socks off. Come on, hodler. Just sell hodler. Come on, we're gonna make some money, hodler. And you gotta you know, you got to not sell. 
you can sell a little bit and you can sell where you think it's peak if you can sell according to you know if you need to sell something to live whatever you want to buy something fun nothing wrong with that but there's a really good chance if you sell you're not going to get your bitcoin back at a good price you're going to end up getting less now you might you might get lucky but it's just really really um enticing it's it's much harder to hold on in a bull market in a lot of ways yeah. than a bear market yeah. because we're, we're used to pain and we can deal with pain it's that joy of oh my god look at how much money i made you know holy cow what do i do that's you gotta, hard you gotta pull ulysses and tie yourself to the stern don't let the right. siren calls right. get you right so anyway that's it. Is that enough? Another, yeah, no, you're the hot chick on the block right now. I know you got some rounds to make. Thank you I for your hour. I am not the hour. hot chick on the block. Tina is, is I, I, I am an unattractive old man. <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't say that, Tina. Okay. No, no I, I'm just making fun well, of myself. It's been a long journey since February 2019. We're here now. New all-time highs, new frontiers. I'm sure we'll be discussing more things on this podcast in the future, but we wanted to record this episode at this particular juncture in time for you freaks to warn you to hold on tight, tie yourself to the stern, don't listen to the siren calls, have some conviction. There is no alternative. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Tina. Have fun with the rest of your day. Happy all-time high. <laughs> Happy all time. I like that. All right. Peace and love, freaks. Yeah.